Welcome into DC On Screen episode 392. This is your weekly DCEU news episode. I am your host, David C. Robertson. This is my co host, Jason Goss. Hello. How's your week been, man? Oh, it's been fine. <laughs> I, uh, I have a, uh, a confession to make. What was that? I, I, I succumbed. I, I bought a fidget spinner. Mm. Let me know when you figure out how someone managed to make money off that. Well, you know, I didn't. I didn't seek it out. I um, I, I went to the store specifically for a bit of wine, mm-hmm. and um, as I was checking out, it was just laying on the self checkout counter, and I went, "Oh, well, someone put this back." I've heard a lot about these things. Teachers hate them. Parents hate them. Teenagers love them. Let's see what the, the see price. what the hubbub is about. Yeah, I checked the price, and it was like five bucks, and I was like, "Eh." I've heard reports of these things going for, you know, a couple hundred dollars for some reason. I don't understand it. But uh, I'll give it a shot. Good God. And, um, yeah, no. I mean, and I was, uh, they're at my local gas station for five bucks at the counter. Like an impulse. <laughs> like, who's spending that much money on one of these things? I don't even know what it but does. I, uh, you know, the, like, the little the little circles on the outside? I thought those were, I thought those spun too, but they don't. So I felt a little, you know. A little cheated? No, yeah, cheated. No, I, I mean, I, I was, uh, I was, I was checking out at the gas station, and the guy had me rung up, and then I like my arm shot quickly to this little device, and I picked it up, and I was looking at it, and he was kind of waiting on me to see if he should ring it up, and I looked over and realized what he was doing, just expectantly looking at me. I was like, "Oh, I'm not buying this. I just needed to ask it what its purpose was," and he just kind of <laughs> laughed and was like, "I don't, I have no idea." Okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, they they claim that it helps kids with or people with ADHD. Uh, you know, it helps them to focus, you know, just a fidget device. Um, I, I ashamedly admit, like I, I took it out and I thought, eh, this is nothing. I got cheated here. Uh, within like five minutes, I realized that I just absentmindedly had it in my hand and was spinning it for the entire time. Mm. And uh, for the last 24 hours, all the time that I've been, a, uh, for all the time that I wasn't asleep, I found that I had it in my hand most of the time. <laughs> so um it may have been the best five dollars i ever spent it's a weird little brainwashing device it is you have tempted you have tempted me to just go see if there's something to this well you know importantly all of my pins have have been unclicked today ah yeah so you're not just doing that clicky 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 click 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 yeah i have not used any pins for drumsticks yeah i haven't clicked anything um my ankles and knees would probably appreciate the uh, the not bouncing my leg. Yeah, I haven't found like a random piece of paper and folded it several times and kept packing it on the desk. Mm-hmm. So uh, this might be a turning point for me. Uh, I'm as surprised as anyone. Fair enough. But, um, hey, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, oh, I did manage to go to uh, <laughs> Birmingham had a comedy festival. I managed to get out to a couple nights. Oh, nice. It was fun. Was it any good? Yeah, pretty good. Like I, I didn't know who anybody was. Um, for the most part, I had to kind of look up their resumes and go like, oh, they were on stuff. Mm. But, um, Ooh. but yeah, it was, it was funny. It was just nice yeah. to be able to go see some, uh, we, we don't have a lot of stand up come through Birmingham. So that was nice to get out and watch. That's cool, man. All right. So yeah. I guess we got a lot of news. We should probably jump into this. We'll dig in. Um, so I really don't want to talk about this first thing, but it's, it's a thing that happened. It dropped today. Um, Zack Snyder is stepping away from Justice League, and mo- to be fair, most of the most of the movie is filmed. Most of it's been been done. Um, 
This is something he kept private, though. His daughter, Autumn Snyder, uh, committed suicide back in March. That is rough. Uh, she, she was 20 years old, dude. Yeah, that is rough. Um, and um, he said, in my mind, I thought it was a cathartic thing to go back to work, to just bury myself and see if that was the way through it. And this was, um, I guess, the Hollywood reporter he was talking to. Um, he says the demands of this job are pretty intense. It is all-consuming, and in the past, sorry, in the last two months, I've come to the realization. I've decided to take a step back from the movie to be with my family, be with my kids who really need me. They are all having a hard time. I'm having a hard time. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just. I can't even imagine. Yeah. I don't have kids, and I can't imagine. Like the closest thing I can equate it to is like my my nephew or my niece, and even that is just like ugh, just I don't know. I won't get into it because I can't do the show. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't really um, have a way to uh, to process what he's going through. No, yeah. Um, so Deborah Snyder, uh, producer on Justice League, she's um, she's also taking a break. Um, now, weirdly. It, this action made me go back and look and see if this was some sort of a f- fake story or something, because they just sort of throw this into the story, but apparently this is happening. Um, apparently, he is bringing in Joss Whedon. They hired Joss Whedon to come in and shoot additional, write and shoot additional scenes and carry the film through post. Um, the studio actually asked if he wanted to push back the release date, and they said no, the Snyder's decline that offer uh which i thought it was nice of the studio to do because that takes a lot of there's a lot of money already sunk into this being released at a certain time yeah um there's a whole lot of stuff that that goes in like talking to vendors and everything uh you have to change posters you have to change everything yeah i mean to, they're, to push, they're far enough know. away where it's still salvageable but yeah but um it, it would, i thought that was hurt just, a little I, th- I thought it was really nice of the studio to do that. The studio said what they're going through is unimaginable, and my and my heart, our hearts, go out to them. That was Toby Emmerich, sure. uh, president of uh, Warner Brothers Pictures. Uh, and everybody knows Joss Whedon. He's he's talking about doing the Batgirl movie. He did the Avengers and the Avengers 2, or Age of Ultron, I guess it's called. I don't know why I say I guess. I know absolutely it's called that. <laughs> um, but um, And Firefly and Buffy and all the things. So, uh, not a bad choice. No, I to, mean it's a, to come it's a, in and it's a great it. little hookup to to get him out of that. Just uh, it's that's a lot of awful that happened, but it you know. Yeah. You can at least um, trust trust Whedon to kind of carry on and make a solid product out of what is yeah, what's what's going I down. Mean, yeah, and Snyder uh, apparently he screened a rough cut of Justice League for a bunch of uh, friends and fellow filmmakers. And uh, he wound up wanting to add additional scenes, and he brought Whedon in to write them. Um, and he was about to go to England to shoot, to do the uh, additional photography, and then realized that he shouldn't leave. And, and they have seven kids, you know. Oh, this is man. this is not a time, you know. So, um, Emmerich says the directing is minimal, and it has to adhere to the style and tone and the template that Zack set. We're not introducing any new characters. It's the same characters in some new scenes. He's handing the baton to Jaws, but the course has really been set by Zack. I still believe that despite this tragedy, we'll still end up with a great movie. I mean, I'm hoping, obviously. Um, yeah. 
Now, Snyder already, like, he sort of, uh, <laughs> I guess you would say he preemptively responded to the internet hatred. He says, here's the, here's the thing, I never planned to make this public. I thought it would just be in the family, a private matter, our private sorrow that we would deal with. When it became obvious that I needed to take a break, I knew there would be narratives created on the internet. They will do what they do. The truth is, I'm past caring about that kind of thing now. Yeah. Uh, and now, go, so, go ahead and brace yourself for some truly awful comments. Cause, oh, I've already seen a bunch, and I've blocked some people on Twitter. It's ridiculous. Yeah, some of the some of the just disgusting hatred that's come out of this. Yeah, I don't care how much you love or hate a director. This is really no time for that. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I'm not going to give the person a name, but you don't think Jesus that he made someone commit suicide so that. Joss Whedon could come in and save Justice League. That's crap. Yeah, it's just poor taste. I mean, we've made some um, some pretty classless jokes, but that's poor taste. Yeah, this is you know this is real life, guys. Um, so Autumn was a daughter from Zach's first marriage to Denise Snyder. Um, she was in college at uh, Sarah Lawrence College. Apparently, she she was a writer. She loved to write. She uh, Deborah said that she had written a sci-fi fantasy novel in the first person. And she got to read it. Um, she said, uh, you know, it's like, you know, hearing her voice. It's just really sad. I don't know. It's, it, this is a sad thing. Yeah. Um, Snyder, uh, about, he says, I want the movie Justice League to be amazing and I'm a fan. But all that, ca- that all pales pretty quickly in comparison. I know the fans are going to be worried about the movie. But there are seven other kids that need me. In the end, it's just a movie. It's a great movie, but it's just a movie. Um, I don't know. I stand behind the dude. Yeah. No, I've, this is you know, I, no time to focus toward, on. Yeah. I've torn Snyder an ass, another asshole for his, some of his like color grading choices and stuff. But I mean, <laughs> this is, you know, that has nothing to do with any of this. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to justice league and I do love Joss Whedon's work. Um, but none of that really matters here. Um, so um yeah i mean i'm glad to have him but uh, i would have taken a number of other circumstances uh zach says uh that he wants to see um autumn's manuscript published someday with the proceeds going to charity he says in the end she didn't make it but her character does and i think there would be something cathartic for people um he also says um she had a quote that she included in everything she wrote. Every single thing is from author Chuck Palahniuk, one of my favorite authors, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all die. The goal isn't to live forever. The goal is to create something that will. Mm-hmm. It's a great quote. Um, so ran across that one before. Uh, now, Langston Travis on Twitter uh, tweeted this out. He didn't even tweet it to us. He tweeted it to the Suicide Squad cast, actually. But I liked it and... I, I retweeted it, and obviously I think it's poignant enough to mention here. He says, the real story here is that a father lost his daughter, not that Justice League has a new director. And I absolutely agree with that. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Scott from the Suicide Squad cast uh, replied, and I absolutely agree with this as well, and uh, I thought about talking about this on the show. So um, I am sharing, as Scott requested that we do, uh, if you or anyone you know is experiencing suicidal thoughts, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. Just all of this is super sad to me. Um, That's true, though. It's um, 
It's it's a weird circumstance. And I mean, I feel like that's what I've been thinking about for a week now after Chris Cornell and everything else. Um, oh, yeah. And Cornell has like, because I've been on like a kick. You've been on a comedy kick. You've been listening to stand-ups a lot lately. Yeah. And I've been on a listening to comedians on interviews kick. Mm-hmm. With uh, I've been going back and listening to all the WTF episodes. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then kind of popping over and looking around on stuff on YouTube in my spare time, what little I have of it. And, um, one thing keeps popping up is just like, oh my gosh, Robin Williams, you know, like yeah. just, and like the Cornell stuff is just sort of, uh, and you know, Cor- Cornell hit me kind of hard me. cause I, I was just such a fan of his, um, lyrics when I was a, you know, teenager. Um, yeah. just big fan. Like I don't know. I could still play so much of his music i mean my guitar wouldn't survive because i have to tune 17 different ways to play 18 songs but no he messed with his tunings a lot it was a lot of fun though but um cornell was the uh people people were actually complaining about when they complained about pearl jam being in man of steel right yeah it was actually it was actually (laughs) cornell like it was one of the first comments i saw about that later and went no but um yeah i feel like i've I've, uh, (laughs) had way too much time to to like contemplate the the I don't know, the psychology of of suicide and it just uh, bottom line is uh anybody out there if you're just if it's if it's crossed your mind you know it, that's normal it really is don't don't think it's abnormal a lot of people think about it for a fleeting second here and there just as a like a passing fantasy the same way you yeah. think about the lottery or something i mean it, it's yeah. not weird to think about but if if you're if you're if you find yourself forming plans especially please go talk to somebody and if yeah, you talk to somebody I mean, and they don't seem to pay attention, they're not your friend. Go find somebody else. Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, I'm not talking to, you know, we're not talking about, like, when you're sitting in traffic. We all yeah, think about it in traffic. Everybody thinks about, like, I just want to drive this thing off a cliff sometimes. But you're like, you, but there really is a difference between a passing thought and if, you, if you're a little introspective and think about, like, is this a passing thought or have I really been thinking about this for a minute? Um, if it's the case that you have been thinking about it for a minute, you got to call somebody. There's no... The, there's no amount of self therapy in the world, and it doesn't just turn itself around. I mean, I I do I do actually have a degree in this stuff. I know what I'm talking about. You don't. It doesn't just fix itself. You got to go talk to somebody. Yeah. And soon. I mean, you know, sometimes it kind of fixes itself. Rarely. It. It's. I'd it's say a, that as a person who had it fixed, you know, like I <laughs> kind of fixed it myself. College was not always a fun. College was a pretty dark time for me. Yeah, that's a and bad. I moments. kind of. I kind of just went. Mm, I pulled myself out of it a lot like yeah i definitely had a few of those you just kind of you kind of have to i mean i had um, some people can't it was hard i had a number of issues especially in college and uh on top of that was uh studying psychology so i I had way too much Mm -hmm. time to um basically if i get too too inside myself it's a disaster but Mm -hmm. um a lot of what i've a lot of what i learned is is that it's just not you you gotta you gotta reach out i mean Even, I mean, and to be fair, I had friends, you know, I had people I could talk to, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so it's not like I didn't get, I didn't see professional help, but I did have friends. Oh, uh, the, the best second advice I can give anybody that, that actually is maybe still qualifies for what I've been talking about is mm-hmm. you're going to think no one's going to understand, but they really will. Like just, and just even try even a few people, maybe not the first person, maybe even not the second, but yeah. try like a few people. It's worth a life. You know, and I had I had friends who didn't understand, but that didn't mean that they were bad people or they didn't care. They just didn't understand. No, some people just don't have um, that outlook. It never 
So, some people just aren't built that way, and some people are. But somebody's somebody out there is going to understand, and they're going to be able to help you. Yeah. Um, and it's cheaper cheaper than you'd think to find professional help. I mean, that hotline is free for goodness sake. And yeah. you'd be surprised how well trained those people are. Yeah. I, I called one out of curiosity one time. I wasn't even sad. I was just curious. And um, very professional. So good. They're actually so good. They actually drew a little bit of sadness out of me. Like I was like, I don't know. I mean, I got some. You know, like I don't know where I am right now. And it, I, it was just real weird. It was. It was yeah. like I just called out of you know random curiosity uh, one day and uh, one morning actually, and it wound up actually being pretty pretty cathartic. So. Yeah. No. No harm can possibly come from dialing a free number. Well, some can. You can always hang up if it gets weird. <laughs> what if that's what you're looking for? can always hang up. <laughs> anyway, uh, so we've got our first voicemail. Okay, cool. Let's uh, let's have somebody from, else drag uh, us out of this. Yeah, from uh, Brooklyn Batman over on Twitter. Let's go to that first voicemail now. Hey, guys. Love the podcast. This is Anthony, uh, a.k.a. Brooklyn Batman. Love the podcast. Love the idea of uh, voicemails. Um, just going to make it quick. Um, I just want to know your guys' opinion on the latest uh, controversy of the uh, Justice League reshoots. I just feel like every movie goes through reshoots. Uh, Rogue One had some extensive reshoots, and that seemed to turn out pretty good. So I'm just curious to get your guys' opinion. Usually uh, you go through all this clickbait, and you're able to uh, get a, you know, a real opinion on this stuff. So just curious to see what your opinion is. Anyway, keep up the good work, and uh, I'll be listening. Take care. Thanks. Yeah. All right, so, um, dude, thank you so much for the uh, for the uh, for the kind words. Uh, well wishes, I appreciate. A, it. Uh, yeah, you're a stalwart voice on Twitter in our uh, in our favor, mm-hmm. and and we do appreciate that. Um, Absolutely. So the reshoots. Also, by the way, real quick, thank you for being our first voicemail. That's awesome. You, yeah, you breaking the ice hit it out of the park, dude. Um, <laughs> So you want to know what our our thoughts are on the reshirt uh, reshoots uh so you know after this story that we've just told you about uh Snyder stepping away and Whedon and everything uh obviously there will be additional photography on the film uh but the controversy he's referring to is this uh some janky website and I do mean janky called SlashReport.com reported this week that there were to be extensive reshoots on Justice League. They claimed that an inside source told them that they've already done a ton of additional photography and will continue to do reshoots, and that by the time the movie came out, they will have essentially remade the film twice, which is lunacy. That's complete nonsense. Like, how could he possibly know... (laughs) That they're going to shoot enough footage to remake the film once and then still go yeah. back and shoot more footage. Right. Also, do you know how much it would cost to make Justice League three times? This is absolute horse Somewhere hockey. in the area of one and a half billion dollars. <laughs> now, over... Uh, no one man. would think they were going to make their money back on that. You would get to the 700 million mark and start getting really worried. By the time you hit, like... 800 million you're already thinking mm. just put it out just put it out i don't care yeah. we gotta we gotta get our money back yeah now the uh to cement this this uh this concept uh over at the junket for wonder woman steve weintraub 
asked Charles Roven, and you're going to hear a lot about Charles Roven in this episode, um, about the rumor, and he says, we're just in the post-production process. That's where we are. We're in the middle of it. And I think it's pretty common knowledge that we're going to be doing some additional photography. The complications of trying to, you know, Henry's on Mission Impossible, our Aquaman is making Aquaman, Amy's doing sharper objects. So everybody's busy, and it's that crazy Rubik's Cube of trying to find a way of getting everyone in place to do the work that we need to do, which is not that vast. The amount of work that we have to do is is still really complicated that everybody's in different places around the world. He says, the reality is we are in the midst of trying to reschedule the only additional photography that we've been trying to schedule. We haven't done any additional photography up to this point. Since we've wrapped, there's been no additional photography. Since we've wrapped, what there was was motion capture, or what we call facial capture. So we did one round of facial capture and another mini round of facial capture. You use facial capture if you have a CG character. You do facial capture in order to give a real performance into that CG character. An example of it would be Avatar. That movie had a long period of production and post-production, post-production, post-production. And it turned out being the biggest movie of all time. So there's a lot to be said for additional photography. They had to do it for Hulk. Absolutely. Every time. That's how you do his character. You build him and then you put Mark Ruffalo's weird face on it. You think Mark Ruffalo has a weird no, face? No, just when he gets Hulk stretched, that's all. He's, he's, uh, he's, he's a perfectly handsome man as it is, but when you stretch him out and make him green, he's yeah, got a weird face. I, thought he's, I, think, I think he's pretty handsome. Well, he's perfectly, a uh, perfectly handsome fellow, I suppose. Got nothing against his face without stretching. So, uh, Rovin continues, Social media has made executing these movies more difficult because the screening process is now different. There's so much chatter about it. You have to be more careful. Ask people to give the filmmaker more opportunity to realize his vision and adjust it along the way. But even though it's more difficult and more visible and less being able to tinker in your garage, but even though it's much more visible, we still have to do it because our job is to try and make the movies the best we can until we run out of time. So yeah, uh, I think that the... I don't think it's been remade twice. I think that's crap. No, I, I, I... I'm 100% sure that's crap. There might be I mean, two different edits to the film that someone yeah, you know, is, our... is, is exaggerating <laughs> as, oh, they made this thing several times. Yeah. You know, but and early on in the week. Reshoots are not stuff... only common, they're almost, they, they border on mandatory. Oh, sure. Minimally, they're perfunctory. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, you know, I feel like, and I don't know that this is true, but I feel like ever since X-Men Origins Wolverine, mm-hmm. ever since that movie got leaked and then they were saying that there are all these reshoots, everyone on the internet complains that, oh no, reshoots mean bad things. They have happened in every movie that you've ever seen. Every movie you've ever loved, every movie you've ever hated. Reshoots have been a thing. Because you get it into the editing bay and you go, oh shit, man, I needed this. You can't possibly you know every shot you need. It doesn't matter how well you storyboard your, your ideas. It, yeah. it doesn't matter. And, the, and it doesn't matter how well you write the script, how tight it is. There is going to be a moment where you go back and go, uh, we needed it. Yeah, we needed it. Now that I've seen it with all the people, I realize we need a scene that, that shows this crap, you know? Yeah. There is and no way around it. As a person who has directed a bunch of YouTube videos, like comedy sketches and stuff, it's actually hard to, like, sometimes, rarely, 
I have had the ability to shoot a thing and not have any additional photography. And, but, and that's for a two-minute throwaway comedy video. Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't want to say throwaway because, <laughs> damn, dude, it hurt my feelings. Why don't you? But Just trying to emphasize <laughs> the point. I'm in those. Shit. What do you want to do? You're in a bunch of them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just look for David C. Robertson on YouTube if you want to see him. Maladjusted.tv. It's, it's worth um, coming to laugh at us. With us sometimes, yeah. or at least laugh at us. Yeah, it's kind of like when I when when I fall and no one's around to see it, I feel like that was a waste. <laughs> I want someone to be around to laugh at my ass for falling, because what the hell? What? what? There's yeah. otherwise morally the whole thing's just void. Yep. So it, you know, anytime you check out our videos, we'd love to laugh with us, but I'm happy for you to laugh at us. Yeah. That's fine with me too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people. You know what's funny is something I've, I was talking. Um, I was talking to somebody, maybe my sister, this week. I was talking to her, and I was like, you know, the funny thing about it is, you know, uh, if, if you're on television and you do something really absurd and just and just weird, you know, which is mostly my type of humor. Isn't I wouldn't say surreal. I wouldn't go that far, but because I'm not a big surrealist, I'm not like I, I enjoy Dolly and stuff, but I'm not like one to really get into like Noel Fielding stuff or you know Mighty Boosh. I do like Mighty Boosh kind of, but you know I'm not huge on on surreal humor. Um, but when you're on television, you do it. People are like, "Oh man, he's doing stuff that you've never seen before. Like this is great," and everyone like shares it online. But if they don't know your face online, they're just like, "What the hell did I just watch?" <laughs> That is about and right. They, they say stuff like, "Oh, I'm back on that part." Somehow, I've stumbled onto that part of YouTube again, and I'm like, "Dude, Cal's Cod Peace Emporium is not that weird. It's just a used carsman, a car salesman. I think it's, I think it's an average, cars. average take on a local commercial. He's yeah. I mean, I, again with the hurt. No, not average. A normal take on it. Damn, it's, dude. It, <laughs> 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 I mean, average in quality. I mean it. Like, Hey man. I mean it's it's your your basic local commercial just with cod yeah. pieces. Who wouldn't buy the Harry Potter cod of invisibility? <laughs> She'll never see it coming. <laughs> I'm wearing it right now. <laughs> All right. So anyway, just can't moving tell. on to Wonder Woman. <laughs> moving on to Wonder Woman. Um the social media embargo has lifted, so we have some some quick reviews, and these are not like Brent from DC TV Squadcast was a little worried that he wouldn't be able to listen uh, to various uh, podcasts this week. I am act- here's what I've done for you, Brent. I have actively taken out any spoilers. Like there was some news this week that was kind of spoilery, and I took it out because of you. I also so, want to go on record as appreciating that. Yeah, I know. It's for you, really. But I, I, we'll I, say Brent. I hate that. But we'll say it's for Brent. I, it's, we'll say it's for Brent. No, I mean, I'm, I'm good with it. Uh, I'm good with at least share. <laughs> it's like we have a birthday four days apart, and you got to get your family together, you know? Right, right, right. But no, I know there's like I, you know, I take it on. I don't, I don't give a crap about spoilers. Like I don't mind being spoiled. I really don't in a lot of ways. Yeah. Most times I don't mind being spoiled. Um. Because most of the time I figure out what's going to happen anyway. I mean, that's fine. I just... I just don't care. <laughs> I Even when I'm like 97% sure something's going to go down a certain way, I still like to, to live in a world where I may be wrong. And then just go in and see yeah. what happens. Well, you know, also, you know, I have Stranger Things. I have, you know, uh, 
several, I, whatever, like a lot of different things. I can't think of any right now. Oh yeah, all the Marvel stuff. I don't know what's going to happen on Marvel. Like I'm so behind on Agents of Shield because I do this show essentially. Yeah, I haven't had time like, for that I'm at so all. Ba- I'm so far behind. But um, so I live in I live in not knowing mm-hmm. there, and I'm like, look, I do this show. Jason doesn't want spoilers. I'll give that to him. I don't care. I'll I'll take the spoilers. Um, I always appreciate it. So and kind of suss out what needs to be done, and for for everyone. So jumping in though, uh, these reviews are really positive. Um. One person says everyone is asking me about Wonder Woman is the best DC movie universe movie yet. Emotional, funny, light. Gal Gadot is a star. Um, and I didn't put down that person's name for some reason. And I don't know why. <laughs> the That's kind of weird. The words are out there. You can Google. Yeah. Uh, Rachel Simone says, or Rachel Simon, whichever one. I tried to class up the name. I don't know. Maybe it's Rachel Simon. Shimone. <laughs> Simon. Uh, the Wonder Woman embargo is lifted. Twitter is my favorite Twitter. Also, Wonder Woman is really damn good. Loved every minute. Silas Lesnick says, very pleased to report that Wonder Woman is the best DC movie since The Dark Knight. I'm already looking forward to seeing it again. Eric Eisenberg says, Wonder Woman is the best DCEU film so far. The heart of Gal Gadot's Diana powers it. And the shift from mythic into World War One story really works. Mike Ryan says, Loved Wonder Woman. She reminds me of Christopher Reeve's Superman, true North superhero with no angst or cynicism, which is needed right now. Kate Erbland says, Wonder Woman, easily my favorite DCEU film, has the heart, the humor the franchise so desperately needs. Gadot and Pine are charming as hell. Adam, be very happy, no relieved, to report that Wonder Woman is truly good, funny, stirring, kick-ass, romantic, a solid, entertaining superhero film. Umberto Gonzalez says Wonder Woman is hands down the best DCEU film to date. Film is so good. I absolutely loved it. Bravo, Patty Jenkins, Gal Gadot, and Jeff Johns. Uh... Jason Garacio, Wonder Woman is a flawless superhero movie. Loved every second of it. Amazing work, Patty Jenkins. Jenna Bush says, I'm finally allowed to say it. I loved Wonder Woman. I teared up watching her fight. The Amazons kick ass. Steven Weintraub says, happy to report Wonder Woman is a blast. And Gal Gadot is fantastic. Her chemistry with Chris Pine is magnetic. Absolutely recommended. He also says, best part of Wonder Woman is the film has really funny parts and an optimistic and heroic protagonist. Great step forward for DC Films. Mark Hughes over at Forbes, he says, Wonder Woman is everything you want in a Wonder Woman movie and more. Is the film even DCU critics will love. Terry Schwartz says, I can finally share my thoughts on Wonder Woman. I really loved it. It's not perfect, but his his charms won me over. Gal Gadot is wonderful. Wonder Woman is ins- uh, Gal Gadot and Wonder Woman is inspiring, funny, moving, action-packed, and very much the movie I was hoping it would be. Can't wait for you all to see it. A couple of people have asked. Yes, in my opinion, the best TCU film uh, to date. Wonder Woman has a welcome joy to it. Ivan uh, Pereira says. So yes, I too saw Wonder Woman at a press screener, and it's the best DCEU movie so far. Gal Gadot owns the role, and Patty Jenkins hits uh, Patty, Patty Jenkins hits a grand slam. Uh, Haley Fouch says Wonder Woman is easily the best DCEU film so far. It's got heart and a love of heroes. Pine and Gadot are charming beyond measure. 
Jermaine Lucet. Uh, Wonder Woman is the DC movie I've been waiting for. It's exciting, inspiring, funny, and has some truly awe-inspiring action scenes. Alicia Grasso says, Okay, here we go. Wonder Woman's social media embargo just lifted my thoughts. DC is absolutely on the right track here. Gal Gadot is absolutely phenomenal as Wonder Woman. She kills it. Just surprisingly good. A heroic, a truly heroic light. Sorry. A truly heroic light DCEU desperately needs. Rough parts, sure, but guys, guys, you guys, you'll truly laugh. And you'll walk out for once feeling downright inspired by a DC movie. Um, now, there were some other people who wrote some other reviews that were very positive, but also chose to bash the hell out of Zack Snyder for it. And instead, I'll give you this. BatmanNews.com said to those bashing Zack Snyder in their Wonder Woman reactions, he, number one, cast Godot. Two, wrote the story. Three, produced it. Four, collaborated with Patty Jenkins. <laughs> so. And it's it's clearly shot with the same, like, <laughs> cinematographic instincts that he has become so yeah. famous for. So. Yeah. And, and also, just moratorium on fucking with him for a second. Right? I, well, I mean, all that came out before the, the news. I know, but, I know, you know but what? now that we have that news, Even I just, just kind of like. You know what? Even before the news came out, moratorium on screwing with Zack Snyder, because the dude's taken enough, all right? Like, let's be fair. If anybody was directing these movies, they would be crapped on. Like, and, you know, at a certain point, like, Whedon was, was attacked for doing Age of Ultron the way he did it. Yeah. So, like, you know, everyone was like, oh, yay, we're happy for Jaws for the first Avengers. And then the second Avengers came around, like, well, we're over that. Let's, let's tear them apart. So, let's just, you know, give them a break. Yeah. I'm good with that. And I don't feel like my integrity is compromised. There's something that we, there's something we hadn't brought up before, though. I, I don't know um, if we brought Have it up. Have we not brought something up? Oh my god! With really? with the Zack Snyder criticism in particular. Um, okay. You realize there's a sure. there's a colorist involved in this process. Hmm. Like there's a reason all the Marvel movies look the same, even when even when it's a weird choice or a, or, or something else. There's there's a guy who goes in and colors the film after it's uh, after it's. You know, in, it, when it's in post-production. That's the same with uh, with the Snyder stuff. Now, yeah, he's okaying it, but somebody else is mm-hmm. actively doing the things that he's okaying. But I wouldn't say that was even a, a, the case with Marvel movies. Like, Guardians of the Galaxy is way more colorful than, like, any of the oh, Captain America movies. No, I actually found this out recently. It's literally the same guy. They do it on purpose to make sure that they don't have any contradictions between the movies. Really? Yep. Well, I mean, seriously, though, the Guardians of the Galaxy movies... Are way, and the Iron Man movies are way more colorful than any of the uh, the Captain America movies. I agree. Like, even but if like it's the same guy, you can make I don't some subtle choices, but like they don't want you to look at uh, <laughs> Steve's costume in like Age of Ultron and then look at it in you know Winter Soldier and go, "That's not even the same guy." Like this, they've specifically got the same guy coloring all the movies. That's weird. That's so weird to me. I I mean I know my source on that, and if I'm wrong, let me know and I'll call him out. Okay. Well, look. You know, I um, I'm just happy none of these films have done the um, the orange and teal Transformers trick. <laughs> That's what I'll say about that. Moving on. <laughs> uh, apparently, there will not be a post-credit scene in Wonder Woman, so I'm pretty happy with that. And I know it shouldn't be. I know people are like, "Why are you happy about that?" I'm like, "Because I get to go pee now." I. That's it. That's the first thing that occurred to me when you just said it. I get to go pee. <laughs> That movie is going to be like, what, two hours and six or something like that? 
Right. You know, I and I think, you know, if I made a film, I would probably put a post credit scene. But as a, a viewer, I'm thankful that I don't have to, like, hold my, you know, you know the, the trick where you sit there and you, like, literally pinch your dick? No, you have to so that you don't pinch actively yourself. pinch your penis to get through the Marvel movies. I'm sorry if that was too graphic <laughs> for some people. I, I, and if you have a, a bladder such that, that you've never even envisioned that idea, I, I congratulate you. But some of you know exactly what the fuck I'm talking about. You have yeah. to actively grab that thing and cut off the valve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, Cinema Blend asked Charles Roven why there would not be one. He says, I'm not going to say we would never do one. There was one in Suicide Squad. But I don't think that we want to feel that we're forced to do something just because we didn't in the past. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. I don't either, and I disagree with the, with his philosophy on this. I feel like you should be either on or off board with stingers also um and this is a note for marvel Mm -hmm. i I don't know why you're doing it post credits if it's just so we can watch all the credits and you're trying to you're you're trying to really like get people to see all these people that went in the movie and there's some nobility to that idea that you want me to actually look at the names that that happened that made this movie that i just enjoyed i i can get behind that to some extent but if you're making a two and a half hour movie just Run a quick credits with some producers and some stars. Like, I'm talking two and a half minutes, and then give me a couple of stingers. Well, that's what, they, they, they're, that's what they're doing, especially with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Volume yeah, but two. they did like five stingers. Yes, and here's the beauty of that, though. They had a whole bunch of stuff they wanted to put in that was going to like not work within the movie itself. It was going to mess up the pace of the movie. It didn't belong in the movie, but they still wanted to show it. It wasn't a deleted scene because they wanted it to be canon. So what do they do? Post-credit stingers. You, you pick optimal times within the credits to throw those out there. I'm down with that creatively. And I think it's a lot of fun. Creatively, I like that idea. It's just it doesn't deal with the bladder problem. That's true. It doesn't. And I still think you could put out the DVD... And then say that there's not a deleted scene section. There's an extra scene section. Like, j- just call it a stinger section. The I mean, the word wouldn't look, make sense anymore because it doesn't. That it means the thing at the end, but it it just you you could still say in canon sections that we didn't want to make you sit there and and uh, try not to pee <laughs> yourself for. Yeah, but okay. Look, man, we're ten years into these Marvel movies. I don't. Fair, I don't. I don't bring drinks every, into those. I sit there and uh, I'm parched. I understand. That is a personal choice, though. We are ten years into this thing, and we both sit there I and shake our heads in disbelief as people get up and walk when the movie uh, no, ends. I know. Amazes me. We choose to sit there and watch these deleted sequences and because we don't want to wait for the blue room. There are two kinds of people though that walk out before that. <laughs> um. I guess three, if you include the 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 people that are just going to buy it on Blu-ray and not worry about till that, uh, just not going to worry about it until then, where they can comfortably pause it and get up from the comfort of their home and go look, go pee. But not, the other two people are to, not completely even ignorant, yeah. or they're just going to go wait for it to get leaked on YouTube. That is it. That's what I was going to say. Uh, you know, I the day after Guardians was released, I saw all over YouTube it was like the things that were the you know all five like, okay, stingers. Well. Yeah, they're they're ready to go. All five stingers. Like someone sat there with their four K cell phone and recorded all this. Shit. Yeah, and we can watch. That's fine. Like, hey, if you got to go pee, you know, I think that should be legal. 
I think that part they should have a little, a little disclaimer comes up is if you would like to start recording the stingers, do so now <laughs> because some people have to pee. No, I I just would appreciate it if uh, and and BVS did something very similar where shortly after the movie they released that uh, that footage of uh, what's his name Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf. Yeah. yeah. So I, that would be my preference. The communion scene. Yeah, know. the communion thing. That would be my pre- preference. Is like Monday. I'll say I, a, a movie comes out on Friday technically, but really it's Thursday night now. And you you you, you have Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday for all the all the people that are just absolute devotees that will sit there and and you know do mind control exercises to not have to get up and use the bathroom. Uh, yeah. And you got to respect that, so let them have it. But then release it in full HD, officially, the Stingers, like on Monday, mm-hmm. after weekend sales have come in. I don't think that's asking too much. Well, I, I think the truth is we're all hurtling towards a reality where wearing something like the Stadium Pal um, <laughs> is going to be commonplace. The, um... Well... The the <laughs> hooligan catheter bag. Yeah. yeah, have you have you seen the David Sedaris bit where he he was on Letterman years ago talking about the, he read an essay where he was like oh I you know I write books I have long signings okay this will work you know and it's like a condom with adhesive on it <laughs> and apparently that that wound up causing what he would refer to as scabbing. Oh um, <laughs> freaking bad. <laughs> he's like also you know sitting there with. Like, you know, in the hot of the sun with a bag full of urine isn't the most, you know, <laughs> isn't the best thing to, to, to really hope for. I think there's anyway. a series of solutions before we ever get to medical equipment. <laughs> I, I just, anyway, there aren't a lot of situations where lube should be involved to go watch your movie. That's all I'm saying. I feel you. So, um, producer Chuck Rovin is talking about Wonder Woman over on Joe Blow, and he's talking about a bunch of different things, and we'll we'll dip into some other um, some other movies here, some other DCEU movies. Um, and I've I've truncated, believe it or not, you won't believe it, but believe it or not, I've left out things, and you can go check this out at JoeBlow.com, the full interview. But um, he's talking about. Uh, Patty Jenkins, he says she's got this amazing sense of humor, as does Chris Pine, as does Gal, but she's the one that said you've got this amazing situation of two fish out of water, Diana in particular. She might be strong and fierce, compassionate and pure, but she's also very naive of the world off the island that's going to allow for a tremendous amount of potential humor. And here is this jaded guy who is this fish out of water when he's on the island. Once he takes her into the man's world, he knows stuff that is going to blow her mind. And then he is there to milk the humor between the two of them. I think those things really allowed us to take the movie in a different direction. So when Patty took the material that we had gotten to the point before she came on as a director and said, let's move in this direction, we thought it was refreshing and fun, and it still allowed us to have really great emotion when we needed to. Uh, Joe Blow asked, looking at this, and obviously the critics appear to be embracing it, will that play into how you will carry this into the future at all? Chuck Rovin says, well, you know, I know you might find this hard to believe, but it's really true. We haven't really... You always muse when you're making a film, particularly where you know that everybody is going to be interested, including yourself, on making the next one. 
In the case of Wonder Woman, we did some additional photography on this, and we were finishing that while we were shooting Justice League. So literally, there was a period of time where Gal was looking, sorry, working on both movies at the same time. So you go, what is the next one going to be? And you go. We can't be thinking about what the next Wonder Woman will be because are we going to do the intervening period between the end of this Wonder Woman and Batman v Superman? Or are we going to do something that will pick up after Justice League? Somebody had an idea about that and somebody had an idea about this. But we didn't really spend any time because we just finished this movie maybe six weeks ago. We took all the time that they gave us because when you're doing these special effects movies, you can't actually finish the technical aspects of the movie until your shots are locked. I can't have my composer come in and actually lay the score down because if the frame is off by one frame, it's out of sync. Mm -hmm. So the technical aspects of making a movie like this don't really allow you a lot of time, particularly if you do some additional photography and there's a fixed release date and stuff like that. Listen, it's a high-class problem, but it's still an issue. So you are working so hard... And then you've got public, uh, sorry, publicity and all of that stuff. You don't really have a lot of time to sit around and talk story. They asked, looking at the long haul, how many uh, haul, looking at the long haul, how many films are the actors signed up for at this point? Roven says, well, everybody is different depending on when the deals were made and how many they've done. Ben has done Batman v Superman, Suicide Squad, and Justice League, right? Gal has done Wonder Woman, Justice League, and Batman v Superman. They all have deals. I'm not exactly sure. I couldn't sit here and tell you this one has so many options left and this one has no options left or whatever. The great news is that in terms of my best read of the situation, everybody loves the characters they play. This is not just the lead good guys. It's the lead bad guys as well or the bad but not evil members of Suicide Squad. I think everybody really likes those characters. I think all of the actors would like to be part of another one. And they asked, when Affleck decided not to direct the Batman and Matt Reeves stepped in, I think people were afraid that Ben might not reprise the role. Is there any fear of that? Uh, Chuck Roven says, I mean, I'm not really involved with the Batman, but from everything, we have a cursory involvement because that character is going to touch us in some way. If Ben plays that character, it's going to touch some part of what we are doing. But I have no feeling whatsoever except positive that Matt loves Ben and the work that he has done as Batman, and Ben thinks that Matt is a really terrific filmmaker. I have every expectation they're going to make a movie together. That is encouraging. It says, uh, you have Joss Whedon coming in for Batgirl. You have Reeves for the Batman. I mean, this is exciting stuff. Any talk of building a Batverse like they do in the comics? Rovin says, well, again, I'm not involved in Batgirl, but I'm really a big fan of Joss Whedon as a filmmaker. I think it's great that he's involved with the DCEU right now. I, I've been trying to get into business with him for a really long time. Up until a few years ago, he was involved with Marvel. And then, when he left, he didn't want to think about it for a while. They said, how often does fan opinion play into what you are trying to create? And Robin says, I think that the thing that we looked at was the amount of pushback that we got on BBS, at least in terms of things that we should look at about tone. Even though we felt very strongly that in the making of the film... And if you actually look at the canon of when Batman and Superman fought, that that's a very dark comic, and that movie was going to be dark. As much as everybody embraced it when we announced it, I think nobody really thought that. But you had to take these characters and get them to the place where two guys that we really admire and like are going to fight each other in a really tough way, where one may be thinking he's going to take the other one out. 
how are you going to get that and make it feel real? The good news for us was that we knew that just by virtue of the fact that we were going to be bringing these other guys into the group with this recruitment, it was going to be lighter in tone. And they said, uh, we discussed what Patty brought to this film. Are you already thinking of having her return? He says, I think she is going to have a lot of options after this movie. I believe that she's dedicated to the character, so I'm hopeful that she'll be back for another one. But there is no other one yet in the works to commit to. So, yeah. Big Chuck Roven interview. There's a lot more over there. Now, I haven't heard, like, Wonder Woman 2 announced yet, but Patty Jenkins and all the press I've seen, or even tweeting I've seen from her, really loves what she's working on right now. Well, I mean, Zack Snyder said there's going to be a Wonder Woman 2, and but Batgirl's going to be first. Oh, did it? Uh, Zack and Deborah said that last week. Oh, yeah. okay. Forgot about that. You were here for it. I forgot about that. Or were you? <laughs> <laughs> I need at least two so weeks look, with any given memory to, to make sure it's there. I know. So look, there's a ton of new promotional but materials that is actually there. It's a too pretty much. solid Im- implication. Because A, the, uh, the embargo went up earlier than it did with Suicide Squad. Well, this is just the initial social media review. The, uh, like the full-on reviews won't be until later. Still, the, uh, the the word embargo, like, it was a few days before Suicide Squad, wasn't it? Indeed, yeah, I believe it was. And yeah. that was a lot of, uh, when, when the movie came out and it you know, got a little critically panned, like, people brought that up as like, oh, that's why they just lifted the embargo, like, mm-hmm. 70 hours before the movie actually hit the road. Well, it's also been pointed out, a lot of different studios have done it on a lot of different movies, like, they've kept the embargo up way before uh, and then it lifted like right before the movie came up, and it was a fine movie. It was critically accepted, you know, pretty well. Well, and so I mean, to me, this is a good indication, depends. though, where like the embargo's up, people can talk about it, and their reviews will be out, and it's it's a mm-hmm. it's much less scary, to be honest. Because yeah, like I did, when Suicide Squad waited so long, I was a little worried too, and it, it yeah, didn't I mean, mean I didn't like the film, but I, I understood some of the critical stuff there, and and I understood sure. why they held their their cards in so so hard yeah that stack of money that stopped that knife should have absolutely been that unicorn (laughs) but um, yep no i you know but there are other films that they waited to the last minute that were fine that were fine critically yeah it's it's not 100 percent by any stretch but yeah it just has to do with how tight a studio is willing to hold a stick before letting go i mean it's it's correlation not causation on that one it's real weird. Yeah, I don't. I, you know, I and I would have guessed the same thing uh, before doing the show, but after you know, I've been we we've been doing the show for two years almost. It's very nearly two it's years actually. Just it's been over it's two just years. Just past it, I think. Yeah. Yeah, we missed the two year anniversary. <laughs> oh gosh, that was this Thursday. This last Thursday was the two year anniversary of DC on screen. Gosh, guys. Um. Anyway. So um. But after doing the show for so long, I kind of. I'm like, there's no real point. Like, you don't know. You can't. You, reshoes don't mean a damn thing. And they really they don't. And lift the I mean, embargo on reviews don't mean a damn thing. You'd have to have details to, to know if the reshoots were particularly worrisome, and those just don't get released. And honestly, the only reason, let's be honest here. Let's everyone just be honest. The real reason we're worried about this is because it's DC. I, I've, I, well, I don't keep up with Marvel's news as much, but I've I've never... You know, I've never seen a bunch of, uh, of rabble rab about Marvel reshoots. Oh, I no. Well, it depends on the project. 
like Edgar Wright's. Uh, oh, Ant Man. Yeah, I saw over, that when that went yeah, into reshoots. It, it, it had a lot of stuff going yeah. on. But then, even then, the the yeah. director came out and said, "Look, man, I'm just adding some stuff that's supposed." I mean, it's not like we're we're. I mean, it was a Peyton Reed film. Let's be honest. I mean, it he, was, but he had to come out and kind of say, like, yeah, some like it's if it feels like an Edgar Wright film or it feels like a because we both worked on it. Like he had a huge amount of influence, uh, and then I've made it my film, and yeah, there's going to be some stuff in there that's going to feel like an Edgar Wright film. Like, what do you want from me? Yeah. Absolutely. So look, getting you know, there's been a ton of Wonder Woman marketing, a lot of stuff coming out. There was specifically, there's a really cool poster out there. And apparently, if you go to uh, if you go to see this thing in the real D 3D, whatever the hell that is, <laughs> you can get this exclusive mini poster with Gal Gadot. Uh, she it looks it's Wonder Woman lifting a tank. It looks really cool. I want it on my wall. So I, if I can find it. I'll I just it. saw a thumbnail of that, and I thought, oh, that's just good. Yeah, that's, that's just good. good. Stuff. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about some of the marketing later on. But uh, Lucy Davis is talking about Etta and Steve's relationship. She talked about a lot more, and I cut it for you, Brent. <laughs> for you. <laughs> Let's just say Lucy Davis got a little spoilery, and ridiculously so, uh, for my taste. But... Um, I'll talk about this part. She says, uh, she was talking about Steve and Candy's relationship. Mm -hmm. She says, one of the great things about, uh, one of the great things that Etta gets to work with Steve Trevor is because Steve is not your typical man. And that he does entrust her with things that in 1918 probably wouldn't have been entrusted to a secretary of somebody who is quite important. As you see in the movie, he has been, she has been entrusted with the mission they are secretly on. And, um, I, am kind of ridiculously a fan of Lucy Davis. I really Oh, like I Lucy adore Davis. her. I really do. Um, I mean, between the, the UK office and Shaun of the Dead, I'm just a giant fan. Yeah, and she said a lot more about the movie. Some of it was a lot of spoilery stuff. Some of it was just stuff we've heard before. You know, we're getting to a point where the movie's about to come out. Everybody's saying a lot of stuff. We have to kind of cut it down. We have to pick and choose what we're saying or what we're talking about. Because of either spoilers or because, like, gosh, we've heard this before from other actors. So let's move on. Um, David Thewlis, though, the guy playing Sir Patrick Morgan in in the movie, mm-hmm. um, he had some interesting stuff to say. He says, uh, Sir Patrick's entire drive through the other half of the stories to bring about the armistice. That's his whole intention no matter what's going on. He meets Diana and sees in her somebody who is sympathetic to his cause quite vehemently so. Um, so yeah, that's, we haven't heard much from that guy and I thought I'd bring that in. He's the, uh, old general guy with the mustache. Yeah. <laughs> I actually do remember him. Yeah. He's like, what was your name again? She's like, I am Diana princess of Diana Prince. Okay. Um, so DC comics they're doing a Warner, uh, sorry, Warner Brothers, Wonder Woman Day. June third is Wonder Woman Day. Here's all that marketing you guys were wonder, worrying about. Um, there's going to be two exclusive comic books released. One of them is going to be Wonder Woman Day Special Edition Number One, which is a reprint of Wonder Woman Number One by uh, Greg Rucka and Liam Sharp. And then there's all they're also going to be doing DC Superhero Girls Wonder Woman Day Special Edition Number One. 
Mm-hmm. And it's going to feature a chapter from Shea Fontana and Yancey Labatt's DC Superhero Girls Volume 3 Summer Olympics, which hasn't actually been released yet. And um, they're going to do this thing. Let's see. This is how they're counting down to Wonder Woman Day. DC's award-winning original digital series, DC All Access, will host a can't-miss Wonder Woman Week series of segments from May 29th to June 3rd. The six-day Wonder Woman takeover will spotlight essentials, sit down with key talent from the Wonder Woman feature film, and also discuss the iconic character's legacy with acclaimed comic writers and artists. They also uh, mention that there will be a downloadable kit that has activity sheets, coloring pages, uh, games, and trivia. There will be Wonder Woman Day-themed tiaras and bracelets. Um, the The special retailers, quote, unquote, they're not naming yet, but uh, that'll be a thing. Discounts on 100-plus digital comics and ebooks from the DC Comics app. Hmm. And readcenterentertainment.com. That starts on May 30th. And there's going to be a special hashtag, hashtag Wonder Woman Day. So all of that's happening. And it's pretty cool. I, I'm I'm down with that. I like, you know, I, they're pushing Wonder Woman so much right now. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> this is going to be, you know, a little lighter. There's some Chinese Wonder Woman ads that have been offending the hell out of fans. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, they put up a thing, and it was like DC Films from, through the uh, Weibo or whatever. It's a social media uh, giant in China. This aimed at the Chinese audience, and apparently China just doesn't get Wonder Woman. And I, uh, you'll see what I mean. Um, so the first promo they ha- they put up, a th- you know, the caption, and when you translate it, it says, "With great power comes great responsibility." <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so obviously, that's Spider Man's thing. Yeah, that's that actual is that actual phrases from Spider Man. Um, and then they put up a, uh, an ad that shows Wonder Woman watching Steve Trevor's plane crash <laughs> and, you know, jumping in after him. And their caption was, go to the beach and find a boy, uh, find a boyfriend. <laughs> wow. They've since deleted both of those. This may not be the strangest foreign thing I've heard about this week, though. But there was a, a, a huge outcry. You know, people were really mad, thought it was disrespectful. Everyone was pissing off about it, you know. Then they released a picture of all these different panels of King Hippolyta, or King Hippolyta, whatever. Mm-hmm. Matthew Ryan Cronin is going to yell at me again. <laughs> I, I think it's Hippolyta myself. Hippolyta? Hippolyta. Yes, that's it. Hippolyta. But she's like, they've got all these like pictures of her. Like, it looks like they've got like, these little, they've drawn these little, like, I don't know, lines coming from her mouth, like almost word bubbles, saying all these awful things to Wonder Woman. And in the middle is Wonder Woman responding. Here's how it goes. Hippolyta. 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 God, why can't I say it? I don't know. Hippolyta says, don't stay out too late. Don't starve yourself too much while dieting. 
Don't show off your ability to be so aggressive when your friends are in trouble. Don't disobey me. And then we see Diana says, okay. And then Hippolyta says, don't choose your boyfriend so casually, like picking up an unconscious drunk lady in a bar. Jesus. <laughs> don't show off too much skin while dressing. Don't leave your paradise home. Don't learn these boyish martial arts. And people were, again, pissed, so they deleted that. Also, she was like, screw Tibet. <laughs> While we're at it. No, uh, one of the funniest things I've seen internationally in the last week, uh, Deej Pinhalo from uh, Nerdtocalypse sent this to me. Oh. Um, Hiya, Deej. But, so, yeah. Uh, you remember that, that scene of the Flash in the convenience store when he when he shuts down that, um, that, that robbery in BVS? Nope. When they're just clicking through surveillance footage? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Just clicking through surveillance footage that's obviously too good to be surveillance footage. <laughs> or there was a small wave of people in Thailand who apparently saw that and and thought like proof of aliens. That was a real thing that happened for a second. There was a there was a a number of people. I don't know the number, but it was it was enough that it trended for a second in Thailand. That that was the footage that got sent, and everyone <laughs> everyone involved in that wave went, yeah. Oh, I knew aliens what? were here. What? Yep. What? Yep. Yep. Okay, one more time. What? Yep. Oh. I can't help you any further than that. I I will say this. I feel that Orson Welles is spinning in his grave at the idea that he didn't have to try so hard. <laughs> I didn't even have to drive down to the radio. <laughs> further than the studio. Oh. Anyway. Moving on to Aquaman. Uh, a bunch of pictures and video have been released from Aquaman. Set photos uh, from Village Road so Roadshow Studios. Um, shows three buildings in Amnesty Bay. The Fish Co-op, Terry's Sunken Galleon, and the Curry Lighthouse. Stuff looks good. Don't know what to say about it other than that. It looks like Amnesty Bay to me. Mm. Uh, now, also... Uh, in the oh my gosh category, mm, love those. James Wan. James Wan has released uh, pictures of Amber Heard in uh, Lady Mira outfit, and um, yep, that's her. So the internet just kind of went collectively yup. Well, there was a there was a loud clanking sound, and it was everyone's jaws hitting the floor. <laughs> Comic book accurate costume, the green form fitting, and speaking of the form, damn, mm. um, just yes all the way around. That that sounds that looks fantastic. Um, and a maquette of Aquaman has popped up, and it look he's in his comic accurate costume with the the gold shirt and the uh, the green pants. But in comic book, well, in sort of more of the, it looks like the uh, sort of scale pattern on the Mara outfit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it looks great. They're going to play so a lot with scales in this, we in don't this know, film, which I yeah, dig. We don't know, we don't know where this mocket came from or anything, but um, if it is actually legit, this, that could be really cool. I could really dig Jason Momoa in a uh, comic book accurate uh, situation. 
Uh, so moving on to the Flash, we've had a lot of uh, a lot of news for the possible directors of the Flash. It was reported uh, over the week that Robert Zemeckis, which is a couple weeks ago, two or three weeks ago, it was reported that Robert Zemeckis of Back to the Future um, was talking about doing it. But we, you know, it looked like he was going to be directing something else. Uh, Marwin Call, it looks like, um, and it still looks like that. But um, it's been reported that. Bob Zemeckis of Back to the Future, Matthew Vaughn of X-Men First Class, and Sam Raimi of Spider-Man were in the short list to do the Flash movie. And according to EW, Raimi passed, uh, Mark Webb passed, which Mark Webb, you know, appropriately did The Amazing Spider-Man and The Amazing Spider-Man 2. And I, it I looks really like, like those. Yeah, it looked like Zemeckis, though, was going to not be able to do it and um, because of his movie. And uh, I like The Amazing Spider-Man. I didn't care. I, I liked The Amazing Spider-Man 2, but I didn't like it as much as I should have. Like, there were problems. But, there there were some story problems and some character development problems, but I still sure. enjoyed a lot of what I was being shown. And Andrew oh. Garfield was just great. Real, I, I hate that he didn't get more of a chance. I, that's, that's my big regret from that series. Well, you know, you say that, but then... You look at the Tom Holland and you go, well, yeah, but they were doing a different version. I mean, they they really were like, this was, <laughs> it's only about probably what, like a five, six year difference in age. Hey, but look, you know, I, I did. I liked Andrew Garfield. I liked the fact that we had a Spider-Man who didn't weep at the drop of a hat. <laughs> um, he was funny. He was not an emo Spider-Man. He was really funny. But he also was, you know, cocky as hell and acted kind of like a little thug. It was real weird. I can deal like, with that to some extent. Now, Tom Holland, I think, is going to end up being the Spider-Man. Just yeah, it, Tom Holland. It, if I had to put my, my... Well, I mean... My hat in one ring. Yeah. Now, Kevin Smith, though, tweeted out, I know of at least one director who wouldn't pass... <laughs> on the flash <laughs> who could you mean uh, mr and smith then he says, but to be fair he's more of a quote unquote lowercase d director than a uppercase letter director <laughs> 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 and on record you know i would love to see bob zemeckis do the flash i would I would be okay with Matthew Vaughn doing it. I would love to see Sam Raimi doing it. Uh, I would be okay with Mark Webb doing it. And I'd be pretty good with Kevin Smith doing it. No, I don't I don't have a problem with anybody you just mentioned, really. Yeah. Now, uh, now Randy, on Twitter, RandySF45, says, What is it about Flash that makes it difficult to find a director? Um, well, I think... Personally, I think that it's a, it's a character that's already been established in previous universe, or in previous movies, I mean, is what I mean. Uh, he's already been established, he's already been cast, you know, most directors, most really like phenomenal directors, they, they want to cast their own people, um, they don't want to have to adhere to anything that's already been laid down, and that's what they're going to have to deal with, they don't want to have to deal with any of that. Um, because I mean, a lot of these people they're talking about are old enough that they've made a name for themselves and they don't want to deal with that. They're just like, no, I don't, why would I want to adhere to some bullshit that a studio tells me? No. Do you know who we are? Um, yeah. <laughs> there's some ego uh, there. So, um, 
And, you know, if I had the power, I might not want to do it. But I love those characters, so I probably would do it. But um, the other part is, like, they have to compete with a very popular and beloved show. Yeah. So I think that's going to, that would be their their primary concern. But I think it's been established enough at this point that you can do a different version. And it's going to be okay. Uh, yeah. That is, but, it's you a know, very full have, universe you have going on in the CW. Um, you think that. You think that, though, Jason. But then you look back at, like, Favreau, who couldn't wrap his... Wrap his he said, oh, I wouldn't do the Avengers because I can't wrap my, my mind around Thor being in the same universe as Iron Man. And I love John Favreau as a director, but come on, dude, really? I, I agree, but I think, he, I think he just made a mental mistake there. Well, sure. I, I mean... <laughs> His loss is Joss Whedon's gain. Yeah, like, just it. looking back, it it, it it did work, and I think he'd probably admit that now if you really asked him. Yeah, probably. But, I mean, again, we're looking at, you know, these directors on the forefront of a situation as opposed to in hindsight, so they're going to be like, nah. Yeah, everybody's got their opinions going into things. We're all wrong about shit all the yeah. time. I mean, Sure. Now, there were a bunch of reports this week that Billy Crudup had uh, decided to leave The Flash, and uh, that was all, reporter. as far as I could tell, wrong. Yeah, Hollywood Reporter says that um, he's still down. Yeah. So, you know, screw you guys. <laughs> not not you listeners who care, but the people who thought that was true. Yeah. Uh, real quick, there. Um, someone asked Matt Reeves if Andy Serkis could be in the Batman. Matt Reeves says, Andy Serkis in anything. He is the best. <laughs> nice. So, uh, don't know if that's actual news, but that's a thing. Um Ray Fisher was over at the City of Heroes convention this weekend, and he confirmed that Cyborg is still on track for 2020. So everyone's kind of thought, like, maybe Cyborg wasn't going to be happening now. It was going to be turned into, like, the Cyborg Flash movie. But according to Ray Fisher, it's still happening in 2020. Uh, Doesn't mean you can't have a guest star. No. Fans are continuing to confuse the hell out of Charlie Hunnam. Nice. <laughs> Someone asked, "When are you going to be Green Lantern?" Like we, we, we've talked about him being the Green Arrow over and over again, but not Green Lantern. <laughs> but he says, and I don't think he knows the difference. But he says, "You know, people. You know, I'm not a comic book guy, really. I don't know these comic books. People bring me. I must like look like him or something like that. Look like the guy in the comic books because people bring that up to me all the time, and I have no idea what any of you are talking about." And it was pointed out to him that uh, they're thinking about rebooting, rebooting Green Lantern. And he says, I'll have to have a sniff about it. Maybe I'll do a bit of, go- of a Google search about it to see who this Green Lantern chap is. <laughs> who knows what's happening there. And, uh, you know, there's a bit of an interesting point. Uh, the Universal Monster Cinematic Universe. Are you aware that the Universal, Mon- the Universal I, Monsters... I'm aware that they're trying their, their own universe. little multiverses. They tried it with. They started it with Dracula Untold, and then even though that was financially successful, it wasn't critically received that well. So they decided to kind of reboot it, and they're starting it with the Mummy proper with Tom Cruise, and but they're calling it the Dark Universe, which makes some people think that that's why they've changed over from calling Justice League Dark Dark Universe in the movies to back to Justice League Dark, which is fine to me because I feel like. You know, that's stupid anyway. You should have called it Justice League Dark from the beginning. Yeah. So that's fine. Because that's what that it's called. Kind of interesting. Um, so there, Alicia Silverstone is apparently up for playing Batgirl again. 
No, sweetie. Told, I know. I know. She she told USA Today, she's like, I feel like I could do a much better Batgirl than I did then. It would be fun to tackle it again because I'm older and my acting is better. I know I would bring so much more to it. I was just a baby. It was a different thing back then. And I think it would be fun to do it again. She also said she wanted a, a bat, the, the costume to change. Uh, something you can sit in, something you can get out of to pee. And she said she's open to anything, whatever people bring to me, and whatever the best choice is at the time. Uh, to all of that, I said no. No one wants you. You're not a good actress. You never were. And, you know, I have friends who will vehemently deny, like, oh, no, blast from the past. Oh, no, clueless. Oh, no, crush. Guys, come on, man. No. All right, move, moving back to Universal for a second. Yeah. I I really, I grew up loving the idea of those classic monsters. Yeah. But I have no idea how they're going to make this work. Well, you know, Russell Crowe is in The Mummy as some sort of a professor or something. Sure. And he's Why Dr. Not? Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Why not? All right, so they're going to do some crossovers, and that's that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. I just, I... I, I just I'm not I'm not sure how they're gonna make this work in in the modern world so to speak like people aren't really afraid of these things anymore like not not really I mean zombies still have some appeal werewolves are kind of off the beaten track vampires are a thing we make fun of now regularly yeah um and I never watched you know, Dracula the Untold Story or whatever it is but is it just Dracula Untold is that what she said I don't think it, I don't think it's actually a part of the canon anymore they uh, they decided to just bail on that one i think so um uh, let's be fair like some of the mummy stuff looks pretty cool but the fact that tom cruise is in it just completely destroys it for me like just seeing tom cruise almost completely like just it takes me out of just about coldness. anything like i i just look at him and i go and look we try i try not to hit up religion too much but scientology is utter bullshit and as soon as i see tom cruise i just go no yeah <laughs> I just see him dancing on Oprah's couch from like eight years ago, and that's that's at least just mania. It, it really is, though. Like I see him and think, "Oh, you you need help <laughs> from a psychiatrist," which you believe is the devil. <laughs> yep. And I can't completely justify that because I've heard some stories of him, like on on a personal level, where he seemed to be a perfectly normal human being. But there are times where he's uh, he's on screen where he seems so yeah. exaggerated. I keep thinking, "Oh, help him!" But well, you know, in a way, we're all that. You know, we're all looking for meaning, purpose. Sure, I just you know, like you said, we don't try to pick on religion at all. But no, don't. Look for it in a sci-fi writer. <laughs> I clearly had an agenda. Right. Um, so I think we've made our controversial stance on Scientology. <clears throat> if you don't believe us, go watch The Master. I'm sure we'll be run off the airwaves. For, oh, wait, we have complete control over whether or not we pose. Never mind. We won't be run off of any airwaves. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. There will be riots over this controversial idea that Scientology <laughs> is a bit off. Uh, but yeah, like, I really... <laughs> I 
<laughs> Sorry. I, 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 a bit. Um, I, I really like... I like those old characters. I do like uh, all all the old monsters, man. They're 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 dear to my heart. They're dear to my childhood. Like I sure. I just I'm not sure how Universal is going to make that relevant in this day and age. And I gotta admit, no, I, I am rooting for him. I really am. Like I want to go back and watch the the Dracula movie and 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 see if it was maybe underrated. But yeah, I have a, you know, I have a uh, feeling it, it wasn't. It did well financially. It really did. It was divisive critically. Sound familiar? <laughs> no reason for us to choose. No reason for us to. <laughs> no, I know. I mean, there's uh... <laughs> you know, cast aspersions on it yet. I haven't seen it. I didn't care. You know, I do kind of care. I mean, I'm the kind of guy who like opening night went to Dracula 2000 because I love those guys. I mean, I have. I have like I, I have like eight N Rice books on my shelf right now. I have several, but I, I didn't see Dracula two thousand. <laughs> and you know what's sad is I know I'm behind because of that. That I only have eight, but I haven't had time to catch up. Yeah. So anyway. Anyway. Um, so uh, yeah, back uh, we have more fan feedback. Um, we have a voicemail from Brent over at the DCTV Squadcast, and we are going to cut to that now. Hey, this is Brent from DCTV Squadcast, and I'm calling because I haven't heard you play any of these yet, and I'm waiting to see when you're actually going to do them. Also, I'm about to listen to your Guardians review on a DC show, because why not? I'm really curious to find out what you guys thought about it and whether or not you caught some of the deeper things beyond just the shallow jokes. Guess we're about to find out if you figured it out or not. All right, so some of that voicemail was a bit um, obfuscated, is a little staticky, and Brent followed up with me later on uh, in in a message on Twitter. He says, in the voicemail I left, I questioned if you were going to get some of the depth Guardians had. Well, thanks, man. We're not that bright. <laughs> we never pride ourselves on that, no. Uh, no, I'm just... I'm kidding. He says, I've seen a lot of, uh, I've seen a lot where people don't see past the jokes. Happy to say, and you can quote me, you nailed it. Fantastic movie, even though we disagree about Pac-Man. LOL. Yeah, we disagree about, about, about Pac-Man. Wait, which one of us, though? Because I... He disagrees, with, he disagrees with me about Pac-Man. Was it you? Okay, so I, I thought Pac-Man made sense and was okay. Yeah. So... Yeah. He, yeah, he like, he, he agrees with you. So me and Brent are 100, <laughs> then. You are. Yeah. Apparently. What's up, dude? <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs> um, not because you agree with Brent, just, just I don't know. You're just funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Rick's story okay with all my phrasing making me sound like an idiot. That's fine. <laughs> like, yeah. What's up, dude? <laughs> what up? What up, bro? <laughs> Um, oh, <laughs> on Twitter, Rick's story, old man, Rick 68 says, damn, you guys nailed the guardians of the galaxy volume two review so bad at times. I knew exactly what you were saying just before you said it. Also agree with 9.5 out of 10. Also agree. How can DC compete with a comic book movie that good? And you know, the comparisons are coming. 
And, you know, I responded, as I respond here, how can Marvel compete with a comic book <laughs> This is a good? universal problem. Not universal, Absolutely. the company. They have their and own problems. We just addressed <laughs> yes, that. Yes, they do. Absolutely. And he this says, is a galactic Jam- problem. <laughs> and he, he agrees and says, I want James Gunn directing everything until the end of time. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't want to go that far. I love James Gunn. But, um, you know, we need other artistic visions in the world. No, I mean, he, you know, that guy's been up to bat twice and he's hit a home run twice. Oh, yeah. As far as that cinematic universe. And you just can't ask more of somebody. Well, as as much as I enjoyed Slither, I still went, what the hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> That's why I qualified it to that universe. Yeah. Not saying, like, uh, no one's ever, <laughs> no one's career in the history of humanity is 100%. It just doesn't happen. No. It's, it's impossible. But Mm-mm. in, the, in yeah. the two movies he's been responsible for, he has absolutely made a wonderful product. Sure. Uh, J. Scott St. Clair says, uh, came for the DC movie news, stayed for the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 review. Another great cast, fellas. You haven't disappointed yet. Not me, anyway. Keep up the good work. I certainly appreciate the time and energy that you put forth. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. It's really nice. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel like I want to keep, you know, throwing away hours of my life to make this show. Dozens. And, um... Yeah, that's um, dozens of hours. That's always a, a week. positive thing. Yeah, just just tossing away. That's a that's a, a real thing. I I, <laughs> I I do love like stopping to do a a Marvel review every now and then because it, we do it when it's such a landmark movie that we just yeah. really have to fucking do it. You know, I you know I think we didn't do one for Doctor Strange really. Yeah, I think we talked about but, it for a few seconds, but we didn't like stop yeah. and do an extra thing for it. But um, which maybe we should, because apparently the fans like it. Apparently, people like it when we just kind of do like a stinger throwaway like review of Marvel, and that might be the way that we get away with it. Because we got to keep an eye on the on the competition. And it's and sort it's, of like how um, it's fitting to do stingers too. But yeah, I, um, it's sort of like how Christians, you know, claim that they watch Family Guy to stay quote culturally revel- relevant. Right. You know? Right. Um, and I, I, you know, as a believer myself, I, yeah, that's the thing that happens. It was even in the book, the John Acuff book, things Christians like, like it was mentioned specifically. And I went, that is so a real thing. Um, <laughs> also family guy is funny. Yeah. I'm sorry guys. It's funny. So, um, <laughs> it itself varies from relevance every now and then, but it is still funny. It totally does. It totally does. Sometimes it's just not very good. Yeah, sometimes it's just a weird episode. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like I, I like popping over to do uh, Marvel stuff every now and then because it is uh, provocative, if I had to pick just one yeah. word. Provocative? <laughs> it doesn't have to be weird. Don't well, make it weird. Know, Don't make it weird. That, that word weird. means what it means. <laughs> I know what it means. It provokes ative. Calm down. I'm going to leave that in to punish you. I'm okay with that. I made my choice. (laughs) I'll live. All right. Uh, Now, on to our last voicemail, voicemail number three. Uh, I don't know what this is. I don't know what to make of anything. Here here you go. Yeah. Well, you fellas are some kind of, I don't know what what to tell you, but I hope you're all right. I'm, 
I'm, you don't, you don't uh, hold it against no old winter, winter woman. But, uh, I do like these TV shows and stuff. Well, I hope you have you good. And then, well, I sold myself. Uh, I, I sold my drawers while I was running over there. And I, I, but then don't worry about me none. I'll be all right. Well, I hope you fellers are okay. And then God bless. Have you a good day. Thank you. Bye. All right. Um, <laughs> what the hell was that? <laughs> I I don't know. <laughs> it was, you know, obviously like the number, like I couldn't trace the number. I, I didn't try, but it was very obviously like a we star 67 or whatever, 76 or so, whatever that is ourselves so that you can't figure out who we are. Is that still a thing people you know? can do? Well, look, it came across, like, every number that we got came across as a real number, except for this one, that which was just 9999999. An unknown number? Yeah. yeah. So, um... I don't know. I laughed. I did I did laugh. I, I wanted to suggest that um, it's okay if you sold your drawers. You can still pretty much put clothes in <laughs> that <laughs> chest of not drawers. You just are going to have to pull everything out. It's going to just be less convenient. Yeah. If you meant pants, that's just a whole different problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, they said, don't worry about me, I'll be alright, so. And that's what we really need to take away from that message. Yes. Don't think Dylan twice, right. it's alright. Ooh, Bob Dylan reference. I, I like... You know, I like, always respect that. I like to make you happy. <sighs> Don't have one of those every now and then. Well, voicemail number three, I ain't saying you treated us unkind. You just kind of <laughs> wasted our precious time. Don't think twice. It's all right. It's all right. And uh, I'm going to call it on this episode of DC On Screen. You can find every, every episode, dconscreen.com. And uh, if you would like to leave us a voicemail, I think you can uh, quite adequately do so. And look... You know, some of these are not great quality, so we might actually, uh, if you have a, a, a camera, uh, sorry, a camera, a microphone set up um, on your computer, we might actually try to get uh, integrated into SpeakPipe, which is what our network uses, the majority of places on our network uses, so you can actually just like go to our website and hit the SpeakPipe button, and it'll record a message for us that we can download and it'll be much better quality than the uh than the voicemail recordings. I'm looking into that right now. But uh until then, you can call 205-259-6331 to leave us a voicemail uh you know, on your lunch break and your leisure time and um that'll be much appreciated and we're going to have a lot of fun with that. I think we had fun with it this episode. But um, we're going to be coming right back with a DC TV episode. Uh, by the way, uh, DCOnScreen.com for every episode. DC on screen for Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And GiantSizeTeamUp.com is our network. GiantSizeTeamUp network. Um, they have a ton of great shows on there. Mm -hmm. And um, We're going to have like a little presence at uh, Dragon Con this year if anybody comes up. Are we? Yep. I didn't know about that. Yeah, a fair amount of us are going to be at Dragon Con. Well, I say us as though I'm definitely going to be there. I'm trying. You're trying? 
Yeah, I haven't even considered that yet. I don't know what's going on, but um, I haven't really considered it. Up but in Atlanta. Maybe. Yeah. So um, we're going to be coming right back with a DCTV weekly news episode. Until then, though, if there's time between them, you might be listening to them back-to-back, which is fine, and I encourage it. But if there's any time between them, keep some DC on your screen.